Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Diagnosis of a terminal illness brings with it an immediate reshuffling of priorities as well as a wealth of new challenges and concerns. Whether it's you, a parent, or spouse, each knows themselves best and will have to determine the things most important in the time remaining. Depending upon the nature and extent of the illness and after discussions with healthcare providers and loved ones, there are several choices to consider. Pursue all of the treatment options available to prolong life or the choice to simply focus on enhancing the quality of any remaining time and spending it with family and friends. We fear most what we understand least, and that's why I've asked Amanda Smith, Director of Business Development with Compassion Care Hospice, to join me today. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. So there's a common misconception that choosing hospice means giving up hope. It is perhaps the greatest misconception we deal with on a regular basis. And in my role, um, I really take the lead in educating providers and aging services on the benefit of hospice. Um, You know, there's... In later life, there's more chronic illness, right? Chronic disease that we know uh, cannot be cured, right? And a lot of times with these chronic illnesses, uh, there's exacerbations in the disease. And that's what leads people to the hospital are these exacerbations. And when a person goes to the hospital for an exacerbation, they're doing symptom management, essentially. So the preface of hospice is that we can manage symptoms at home, right? And we can reduce hospitalizations and, you know, uh, inspire aging in place and quality of life. Yeah, I can remember, you know, when I was dealing with my dad, end of life, and, you know, it was one of those where the cycle going in and out of the hospital at some point sat down with the doctor and hospice and Mm -hmm. we're like, we're done with that. So let's just make him super comfortable, Mm So he can enjoy his space yes. and, you know, the things he likes to do. So one of the things that, you know, about hospice is, as I said, people think it's very end of life. But, I mean, there are people that survive through hospice for even a year or two. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it's going back to that um, that chronic illness. And we don't know how, you know, we don't know the progression of every disease for each person, right? I have a very optimistic outlook on it. And what I tell people is you spend so much time focusing on your disease, right? All these appointments with specialists, all these things, it's very consuming. Um, So when I talk about hospice, I say, you know, this actually, it's not giving up. It actually gives you back some control and some autonomy, right? Because now you have tools, the tools you need to manage things in your own space, your own way. 
you know, you uh, uh, aside from that, people only really have the option of going to the ER or something when when something comes up. But this gives them a little bit of power back. Well, and it involves the family. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a family centered uh, service, you know, and truly it is just a service right through Medicare. Right. And and if you qualify, you know, it's it's good to learn about uh, about what you can access yeah. for yourself. So you also have a title of a gerontologist. So why don't you explain that to the audience? <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, the boomer generation is going to be at its peak in the year 2030, which is right around the corner, right? So a gerontologist is a newer field, right? Uh, and it focuses on... Um, pretty much all aspects of aging, biological, sociological, economical impacts of aging on our society, because it is very impactful, and vice versa, right? So it's a lot of research. Um, I mean, even looking at sexuality, things, you know, as we age and how, how we can improve that for the, for the generation, and again, how we're going to be impacted, by the boomers. Do you see things changing? Because I know the younger people, they they have watched their grandparents and even parents, you know, get sucked into mm-hmm. everything requires a pharmaceutical drug. Yeah. And a lot more young people, and myself included, even though I'm in the boomer generation, you know, we're really kind of like, you need to be responsible for your health and it starts early, mm-hmm. right? This We're not solving anything in our 60s and our 70s. So when you're in your 20s through your 50s, you really need to be paying attention to yourself and your health. Is that part of the gerontology, the education about eat well, sleep well, don't be stressed, all those things? Absolutely, right? It encompasses all of that. That, That's how we age gracefully, right? Unfortunately, we are seeing an increase in chronic disease. Um, So, you know, I don't know how much of that is translating, although, you know, you're a young boomer. So there'll be a progression. It'll be interesting to watch. But absolutely, I mean, aging starts from when we're young. And and we want people to be aware of that and be be on top of, of their health by all means. Absolutely. Yeah. So we do have volunteers with hospice, but we also have RN case managers, right? And we have social work and spiritual care. Okay, we have a medical director and we have CNAs. So it's an interdisciplinary team and it does encompass volunteers for sure, but the rest are actually paid positions. So it's not just someone showing up to my home that's like, I just want to be here for end of life. Right. Uh, And of course, they're trained if they are volunteers. Absolutely. So it's a team approach. Absolutely. And that's what I fell in love with, actually. That's what brought me into hospice because, you know, this interdisciplinary team works very close together. Okay. Uh, They meet with the medical director of the hospice weekly to talk about every person on service, okay? So again, you're talking about the psychosocial needs, the volunteer needs, all of these things. So, um, you know, these people get the great care they deserve. And you don't always see that approach in healthcare, right? There's a lot of disconnect. It's very powerful to see the team working so closely. 
um, for these people. Yeah. It's well, awesome. Well, and I would think, too, because now there's effective communication with the family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, people that work in hospice are really experts at, um, you know, because we go through these, right, this is a common experience for us, for those working uh, for the service. So we have a lot to offer. Most of what we give to these families is information, right? Guidance and information. That's where the value lies. And then, of course, support because we're 24-7. Um, but it's just information. And it makes families feel that it's okay and they're making the right decisions, you know? It's, it's so supportive like that. Well, yeah. and also the person that is actually in hospice is in control of those yes. decisions as well. Yes. And they're not at the mercy of someone they don't know in a exactly. hospital setting making decisions or a doctor they may only see once in a while. It yep. really is, yep. uh, as you say, it's compassionate, right? It is. It really <laughs> is. And it's cohesive because we're providing medications, we're providing equipment, you know, we're providing the support that these people need. And, you know, Medicare, when when Medicare uh, initiated this benefit, you know, it's saying, hey, if we're asking people to stay out of the hospital, we have to be supportive. Right. So we have to get creative and we have a lot of creative solutions to offer patients and families. Well, and, and really the key and, and the core of all of this is that someone doesn't have to die alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless they want to. And that does come up. Yeah. (laughs) Leave me alone. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And so you guys, uh, through this process, I mean, typically you're refer, you know, a hospital refers hospice Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. or I imagine families can reach out directly or, Yeah. 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 Anyone can make a referral to hospice. Okay. Anyone can call and get information. We have to have an order from from a doctor to start hospice, but anyone can call and and get information and make a referral. And and that's probably good information to have before the decisions are needing to be made. So we're going to encourage people to go out to your website, which is CompassionCareNevada.com. You have a lot of information on there and just to touch base and, and get some questions answered. Well, and, you know, my biggest thing is information is power. It makes me sad when I see someone land in the hospital and finally they say hospice and you have no idea what that is. You know, it's never too soon to get the information you need about the services you may qualify for. Also, it doesn't always occur to a physician or a PA or whomever that hospice is appropriate for the person, okay? So we, we, we like to inspire that people ask questions and get information. Otherwise, you're left at the whim of someone else making that decision. Absolutely. All right, we have to go to break. We come back. I'm going to pick up with Amanda Smith, who is the Director of Business Development for Compassion Care Hospice. We'll be right back. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over two decades, we have taught thousands of business owners, real estate investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets 
to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate, and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to set up a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill if you want to experience peace of mind today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. Save the date. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Enjoy world-renowned speakers, educational presentations, hands-on workshops, honey tasting, and bee photo contests, plus so much more. Learn from new and seasoned beekeepers. Inform, educate, and inspire. Register at NevadaStateBeekeepers.org. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Yearington, Nevada, the hub of Lyon County. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. Few people would argue that veterans deserve the utmost respect and care as they go through life. As veterans age, they often need specialized care that's difficult to find. For families, it's a challenge to leave their loved one in the hands of others, especially when they have specific needs associated with their past military service. When you're looking for premier end-of-life care for a veteran you love, look no further than Compassion Care Hospice. They're proud to offer an exceptional We Honor Veterans program as a personal thank you to the heroes who have so bravely defended our country. Joining me is Amanda Smith, Director of Business Development with Compassion Care Hospice. Amanda, so let's talk about that, the Veterans Mm -hmm. Program. Mm -hmm. There's a couple things we do for veterans. So We Honor Veterans It challenges hospice agencies who partake in the program to do more for the veterans they serve, okay? There's levels. um, There's five levels in the We Honor Honor Veterans program, and the challenge is to um, do more, meet certain goal levels, uh, which is serving veterans, to you know, increase in your level for your hospice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, this includes memorial services. This includes when we have a veteran on service, we do a pinning for them. Um, you know, uh, we acknowledge them in any way that we can. We participate in, you know, Veterans Day programs and things like this at facilities. So anything we can do to honor those veterans, you know, and serve them and make sure they like anyone else, has access to all the same services, okay? And we do take straight VA pay. So some veterans don't have Medicare, um, but we do take uh, VA pay as well, okay? We also work with the VA to place patient or um, veterans who may qualify for placement in long-term care. And then we locally... Um, Actually, all local hospices locally, we participate in uh, quarterly meetings with the VA to make sure that we are working closely together for these veterans. And then we also do um, extra activities for them. We may serve them dinner, 
like for Thanksgiving or Christmas, we may hold a memorial. We we do a program quarterly for the veterans to honor and serve them. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, it's so important because a lot of them, you know, their families are, you know, different places and they're not yeah. always have a bunch of family around them and mm-hmm. so really the whole point of hospice is that you have this compassionate care end of life and the little extra you can do for veterans seems just really outstanding absolutely it's so important to us mm-hmm. yeah. so during break you and I were talking and you were talking about one of your biggest frustrations and this was my biggest frustration is not knowing really what hospice was, what it did, Mm -hmm. and that I could access it long before the very end of life for, in this case, my father. Yep. And so what would you say to people out there that, you know, you can't just wait till a hospital maybe does a referral, is to really look into this long before that um, because it's so beneficial. Absolutely. You know, we tell patients and families, if you're seeing changes or progression in disease, you know, let's say COPD or heart disease or dementia. Dementia is one of my favorite diagnoses for um, for hospice. You know, ask your provider for a referral. They don't have to initiate it. You have a choice. You can call us and get information first or you can ask for an actual referral. A specialist can do it. A primary care doctor can do it. A PA can do it. An APRN can do it. You know, ask and advocate. And if a person doesn't qualify, if we determine that, no problem. We'll check up, you know, in a month or whatever. We'll keep tabs and make sure uh, you have the information um, in terms of what to look for in decline and so forth. Who, who pays for hospice? So Medicare Part A covers hospice 100%. Oh, okay. Everything that we do is covered. You don't see a statement. It's kind of its own little benefit in Medicare. Okay. And you know, sometimes people graduate off hospice, certain things like this, or they choose they have it and then they decide it's not quite what they hoped for or they're not ready. And then insurance goes right back to normal. So there's no penalty. There's no gap, you know, between time. Um, it's, it's a very easy service to initiate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've been involved with this. You said you've worked for these, um, who is it? Compassion Care Hospice. You've worked for uh, at least 12 years. Is that correct? Not a, in, oh, okay. just in hospice. I've, oh. I've started a few hospices in town. Oh, okay. And then I've been with uh, Compassion Care going on six years. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so what is it? Because, Amanda, you're, you look young to me. And <laughs> so what, what is it that really inspires you to, A, start these hospices and, B, uh, be so passionate about it? Um, You know, again, and you and I were talking earlier, for me, it's just I I saw how supportive this service was, and I really saw that it was being completely underutilized. You know, in my brain, I like to do things a little smarter. Um, When I look at healthcare and I look at the billions of dollars we spend unnecessarily, in my eyes, hospice is an could be an exponential cost savings if we used it more often and sooner. Right. Um, you know, even though Medicare is paying us, it's far less than, you know, 
you look at three hospitalizations, you know, sometimes even in a month for people. Yeah. So it's a it's a cost savings. It's a quality of life. It's again, I love the concept of aging in place and allowing people to live out the rest of their time where they're at. And sometimes you need a little more support to make that happen. Right. Right. And so, I mean, you guys aren't, well, maybe clear this up for you. You're not caregivers. So right. you could have in-home caregivers right. and then hospice yes. on top of that, which yeah. is kind of case management. Yes, yes. The the caregiving, we're not, we are not meant to be the primary caregivers. So there's usually a caregiver in the home or you access caregiving. Um, and we have a social worker, so we often assist with those things. But we manage the clinical side of things, right? And and again, the equipment and the medications, things that are really important. But yes, the caregiving needs to come from, from somewhere right. else. So, so really, because this is about end of life mm-hmm. and the quality of that end of life, so you guys are going to make recommendations, like in the case of my dad, it was, you know, a specific kind of bed yes. and things like that, where you can drive those decisions. If I'm the caregiver, especially a family member, mm-hmm. I'm doing everything in my power just to make sure the laundry's done, they have food, right. they're, you know, things like that. So, yes. yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. And we have, like I mentioned earlier, we're very creative. You know, we're solution-oriented, and we just have the experience to help guide and help caregivers make those decisions. If anybody, you know, wants more information, certainly we're going to uh, encourage people to go out to your website, Mm CompassionCareNevada.com, get information in advance so you know this exists. So when you're facing decisions Mm -hmm. uh, of one of your loved ones' end of life, you know that this is also, there's opportunity here. Definitely. Advocate for yourself or for your loved ones. It never hurts to ask. You may not be ready or qualified, but get the information so you don't end up in a crisis, right? or getting forced into hospice, something like that. Absolutely. Hospice is probably one of the most rewarding sectors of medical care because it can help a family during the most traumatic times in their lives. Often, they're going through a very difficult crisis, and the hospice team can be there to help them through this difficult journey. Amanda Smith, Director of Business Development with Compassion Care Hospice, some final words. I cannot emphasize enough the value of of hospice services. And if you have any misconceptions or concerns about it, you can call our office. You can go on our website. We have a submission section where uh, we'll call you back right away. Um, But advocate for yourself, you know, um, and, and don't leave it up to your providers. You know, ask questions and get the information ahead of time. Absolutely. And if you are a veteran or know a veteran, then you want to reach out and find out more about their We Honor Veterans program. Definitely. Definitely. And so once again, CompassionCareNevada.com. I want to thank Amanda for being with me here today. I always love to, you know, work through the myths and the misconceptions. And so, you know, end of life should be a celebration. Definitely. Yep. Yep. And our goal is, you know, to help maintain dignity throughout that time. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, where business, but today the business of hospice 
has been amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over two decades, we have taught thousands of business owners, real estate investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate, and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to set up a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill if you want to experience peace of mind today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. Save the date. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Enjoy world-renowned speakers, educational presentations, hands-on workshops, honey tasting, and bee photo contests, plus so much more. Learn from new and seasoned beekeepers. Inform, educate, and inspire. Register at NevadaStateBeekeepers.org. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, Yearington, Nevada. The hub of Lyon County. Natakwa, Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News, pick up your copy today. Natakwa. This is Peter from Nevada Real Estate Radio. I talk about the subjects that help you as a home buyer, seller, or investor. The Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursdays, 3 p.m. on 93.7 FM. Nevada Real Estate Radio.